Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. And my team calls me and they go, Amanda, you're a designer, like, you know, human-centered design. Do you want to give this lecture? And the first thing that pops into my mind is, I'm not qualified to do this. I'm only a couple years out of school. These are like 200 senior women across tech and finance. And then I thought of what Susan said about how women tend to undersell and undervalue themselves. And I just said, okay, I'll do it. My name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast. I am here back in Santa Monica, California. Yes, after celebrating Women in Tech all across New Zealand, the North and South Island, So happy to be back in the Santa Monica Sound Studio. And right away, I walk into one of the most connective, inspiring women in tech events last night. And I couldn't help but have one of the organizers here with me today. I'd like to celebrate Amanda. Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Told you I got happy. I I love it. (laughs) So Amanda, go ahead, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So my name's Amanda. Um, I live in New York currently and I work for a company called Parity Partners. Um, I actually got involved with Parity Partners because I used to be a product designer. Uh, So I have my background in mechanical engineering and uh, user research from Stanford. And I was just really excited about user research. And actually during my time at Stanford, I took some amazing coursework where I called um, Beyond Pink and Blue Gender and Tech. Uh, which is really relevant to this podcast. Um, And really what I learned was that a lot of things just aren't designed for women. Um, So a really interesting case study was that the seatbelt is actually not necessarily safe for pregnant women because your seatbelt is supposed to ride down um, at the bottom of your hips. But if you carry low, your seatbelt can ride up onto the center of your stomach. And it's actually... um, a pretty common cause of fetal death in car crashes is for babies to die from the seatbelt compressing on babies. I had no idea. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy that nothing has been done about this. But we actually had a, another professor who works at the car safety lab at Stanford who came in completely unprepared. And this, my professor stands up and she talks about this case study. And then he comes up and spends the rest of the lecture telling us about how that's not the most important issue at hand because not enough people die from that to make it a priority. And really, pedestrians is what they need to focus on. Wow. And it was really interesting to see this in play. And he left the conversation and she came up and she said, it's not always about the number. It's about who is impacted. And the people who are impacted are pregnant women and their babies. And because the... Pre- the predominant people working in this space are men who aren't thinking about this. 
they don't think it's a priority. So I became really passionate about trying to get a more women involved in technology and these spaces. Yeah. And also kind of championing women who um, want to build products and systems for other women. It's so I love that you're talking about this and I want to get into parody partners and how you even impacted my life in the last 15 minutes, which blew me away. I, I can't wait for you to share your job title or, or like what ah, you guys will hear. It. But one thing when I was in Dunedin in um, in New Zealand and I'd never thought about this before, one of the, the women that was interviewed shared how um, the kids uh, went to like some fast food joint. And the gifts for the kids, for the girls, was a mirror. And for the guys, was a car. And I've never even thought about it before. She's like, the car's interactive. From a young age, you're learning how to engage with this thing. And what's a girl supposed to do? What did, how is she engaging with the mirror? Looking at it? I'm like, whoa. I never... So it's interesting, all these things that we, maybe we just take for granted. Like the seatbelt. I've never been pregnant, so it's never even occurred to me. And then even thinking, I mean, we all, we all, we all um, are attracted to things that, that are similar to us. So if that is true that most of the people working in that industry don't have that problem, of course, they're not going to be thinking about solving it. So it's, cr- it's crazy. And go into your job. It's like the best job title. Ever. Like just, <laughs> ah! And I love how she smiles when she says it. Um, so I work at an organization called Parity Partners, and it was it's actually a pretty new organization. We've only been around for about two years, but it was founded by four executive women who basically were like, we're tired of hearing people say there are no qualified women in this space. So they basically started this company. Um, it started as an executive recruiting firm where they basically um, were pulling women into high impact leadership positions, primarily in finance and also some tech roles. Um, And then they realized, you know, it's not just a pipeline problem, but it's a leaky pipeline problem. And so many women were just leaving their careers midway. And they started talking to people and kind of figuring it out. And the reality is there's just not community for women in a lot of these jobs. When you're the only woman in the room, who are you supposed to talk to about being the only woman in the room? Right. So um, they created the Parity Professional Program or P3, which is what I get to work on. And I get paid to help women with their careers. So that's kind of the best job ever. Um, and we host events across six cities and we do these things called parody talks, which are basically. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, you can't. <laughs> Your job. What did you say to me in the in the tea shop? You said. I said, I get paid to help women advance their careers every day. And it's... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get paid to help women like essentially be their best selves, read their, reach their dreams. You guys, no joke in a 15 minute walk. This girl schooled me on how to be a more effective business owner in a 15 minute walk with things that were really practical that just hadn't occurred to me before. Things that I can implement right now. It was awesome. (laughs) She literally is amazing at her job. Okay, now now you can go into more about parody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we um, do these talks and we basically try and give women skills. And so, like, these are some of the skills we do management specific stuff for women who are stepping into management positions and. Um, It's just really great. And we have these amazing speakers. But I think my favorite part is the community, which um, we call it a give, give, get community, which is the idea that you're always putting more generosity into the community than you're taking out. And it's, you know, almost karmic in the sense that everybody grows because everybody is willing to help each other. 
Um, and I just don't think there are that many spaces like that where. No. Um, and I'm I'm kind of getting used to it where I'm like, I expect everyone to be so nice and so yeah. wonderful all yeah. the time. But um, yeah, one of the things I love is just like we say we curate serendipity. We like want to curate these moments for women to meet each other and realize that they can help each other and that they can connect and they can um, elevate themselves and each other at the same time. And I think that's really powerful. Um, there's this idea of scarcity that only some women can succeed. And that's just not true. And by kind of like actually banding together and helping each other, we can eliminate this idea that only one woman can be on the board or only one woman could be a CEO in 10 companies. And I think that's really where we're headed and where we want to be. That's so rad. And it, it's it's really cool. One of the things that you're really doing to add value within the tech industry is that there's a... Um, having more women in tech in VC, in venture capital. So share with us what happened last night. Um, yeah, so the event last night, we have a community here in LA of about 40 women across uh, venture capital and founders, female founders. And the idea is to um, bring them together and have them have conversations about how do we support female businesses? How do female founders help bring women up. And so we had this amazing woman who came in. Her name's Joanne Wilson, and she's an angel investor. And, and she, one of the most elite angel investors and well-respected, who's taken really high risks on helping people succeed. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> she's from New York and she came out and she basically talked about her whole philosophy around investing in female-run businesses. And um, yeah, she's just really fabulous. And she basically said, you know, this is not charity. Like there are so many amazing female-founded businesses and women who are survivors in their businesses and are just like working hard every day to make it happen. And she's like, I don't give my money out for free. I'm giving my money to things that I believe in and that I think are going to work and happen. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really powerful. 100%. She shared a story and I wish I could remember her. And I almost want to take a second to Google it. Um, but she shared a story about a woman who took her company from starting all the way to going public and no one knows her name. Look, I can't even remember her name right now. No one knows her name. She wasn't in the press much for it. And I think um, that's a really uh, big thing to become aware of. I know on this podcast, I think I may have mentioned to you the biggest. Oh, no, I was telling her the biggest challenge I have on the podcast is people um, who are extraordinary guests think that they're not good enough to be on the show. Consistently, all the time. I hear it every week. Oh, I'm not good enough. Like what? I'm not interesting enough. I get that. I'm not interested. What do you mean? <laughs> you know? And so I think as a community, really owning our own power and sharing our stories like we're doing right now. I just like I'm so inspired by your passion and what you do and how how grateful you feel to have the role that you have. It's and and all the education that you've given me in the last 50. Anyway. Go, okay, keep going. Keep going keep yeah, going. yeah. I, I think that's that's really true. And honestly, I think that this idea that we're not good enough is really something that's owned by women. And like, so they say that the research shows that a woman will only apply to a job role if she's 100% qualified, but a man will apply to a job role if he's 60% qualified. And we actually, so I'm going to tell a little personal story about my own career. So I'm pretty young. I'm pretty new to the organization. And we had a speaker who came in on Designing Your Life actually just a month ago. And her name's uh, Susan Burnett. And she's a rock star. And during her, uh, we ended up having to cancel the event because we had a nor'easter. 
So it was just my team and her, and we were recording her. Wait, what's a nor'easter? Oh, it's a, a big snowstorm. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, people couldn't come because the trains were shut down. Um, and anyway, she gave this lecture just to our team. And one of the things she talked about was this dysfunctional belief of I'm not good enough. And she said, I used to be a talent executive. And my the worst thing ever was I would have women, high potential women, and we'd give them these hard assignments. And then they would come to me and they would spend an hour telling me about how they weren't ready. And she said, and the reality was, is that meant that I wouldn't pick them to do something else because they had told me they weren't ready. So a week later, we are redoing our 200 person event. And Susan can't come because uh, she had a family emergency. So we suddenly have nobody to lead this talk. And my team calls me and they go, Amanda, you're a designer. Like, you know, human centered design. Do you want to give this lecture? And the first thing that pops into my mind is, I'm not qualified to do this. I'm only a couple years out of school. These are like 200 senior women across tech and finance. And then I thought of what Susan said about how women tend to undersell and undervalue themselves. And I just said, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) And I got to present to, yeah, 150 or 175 women at NASDAQ on the stage giving this presentation And it was awesome. And it was such a great opportunity for me. And I almost turned it down because I thought, you know, I'm just not good enough to do this. And I I shut it down. I said, I recognize this is a dysfunctional belief that I hold. And I'm going to let myself have this moment. That is the coolest story ever. That is really exciting. So usually I ask the question and I feel like you just answered a question that I usually ask. But there's one more piece to your story I would love for you to share. Usually I ask the question, um, what is one... Uh, one huge challenge that you su- successfully overcome and what did you learn from it? I feel like that is one huge challenge. But how did you get past the nervousness of going on stage and giving a talk? Like what? I'm sure you were freaked out as. Oh, crazy. I was I was freaking out. I was losing it right before. Um, But I think that at the time I was just kind of focusing on like, this is something that I really want to give to my community and I want it to be really good and I want them to feel excited about it. Yeah. And so I really tried to channel my energy into being like, I love design thinking. I love applying design thinking to this idea of designing your life. Right. And I want to share that with people. And I think that the amazing thing about that is once I got up there and I got started and I got my rhythm and also just like, how supportive everyone was like I look out into the audience and like everyone is like you know rooting for me and like smiling at me I got emails from like people in our community afterwards being like great job last night and it's just like a great space where you really feel like you have the space to grow into yourself and I think that was what made it happen and I'm I'm still working on this idea of saying yes like even this podcast when you asked me last night it took me a second to be like dysfunctional belief coming up that I can't do this and I said yes and it's still something I have to actively work on and think about every time I do it and I'm still scared and it still feels like a leap but it's been awesome to see how by saying yes I'm not only helping myself but hopefully giving something back to communities that matter to me 100 percent I mean and you are I mean like I said you guys obviously weren't with us when we went to go get this cup of tea but completely helped me in 15 minutes. I think you're helping everybody right now. I I mean, I I think we're really lucky to like share your story on the show. Um, How can we stock uh, parody and you like, where do we go online? Um, So the parody program website, which is what I work for P3 is parodyprogram.com. And we have Twitter, which is parody dash partners. 
Um, we're doing lots of events. We have kickoffs right now going on in, we just had our LA kickoff in awesome. DC and Boston and London. So. Can you spell parody for us just in case? Yeah, P-A-R-I-T-Y dash P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S. Perfect, dot com. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, like, what? How how can we get involved? Like, what's it look like to be a part of Parity? So we have like formal membership, which um, if you're a woman in in venture or finance or a female founder or you're working on building a tech company, we'd love to have you join us. Um, but I think in the larger community, we're just trying to create this idea that we can kind of like build up. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're interested in partnering with us or doing an event together or just you know, calling us up and saying, you know, I have X and I would like to share this. And we're all about creating um, relationships with other organizations that are doing the same thing as us. Totally. Um, So it's really exciting to see how many people now are focusing on embracing and helping women in different spaces. And it makes me really excited about where we're headed. And what I loved about the experience that I intended of yours last night, it it was really empowering. Um, it was a really collaborative space. It was all about possibility and what resources we have to access, which is a conversation that I'm I'm really passionate about. And the speakers genuinely wanted to be there. They genuinely wanted to share insights and information. They weren't there to look good. They were there to be helpful. Um, I loved everything about I, I thought it attracted a crowd that um, that all of our hearts and our spirits and our drive were in alignment. And we were all there with purpose and, and meaning and, and, and to to celebrate one another. It was great. You don't always find that. So I thought it was rare and it was great. And it was something that I wanted to champion. So I feel really lucky I get to today. And um, what is your favorite tech tool? So I actually spent the summer teaching myself Illustrator and it was so hard because Adobe products are not easy to use at all. But now that I know how to use Illustrator, I really love it. Um, I like to like create little icons and logos. I'm still a designer at heart. So um, I think that's probably my favorite tool. There's a lot of possibilities. I really wish they would make like the user interface easier because I think it's hard to learn. But it's it's an incredible toolkit, the Adobe system products. I it's I just had to install Creative Suite. I'm not a designer and I'm not someone who could use Photoshop, but I had to make edits while I was traveling. It was all reliant on me and I had to learn like a couple things. But yeah, I wouldn't even know how to start from scratch. How did you teach yourself? There's a lot of videos online. I also had a couple of months where I was um, I was looking for a job and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I felt like it was a really useful toolkit. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos. You too. Um, and I was building my own website. So that was helpful too. Cause I was like, I need to make myself a logo. So here's a great opportunity yeah. to practice and um, do that kind of stuff. So it's a really good point. A lot of programmers, um, a lot of people are like, Oh, how do I get a programmer? And how do I get a programmer for free? And all this stuff. One really key thing to know about developers is they want what they build to be used. Uh, I get a lot of times where um, people ask me with We Are Tech, can I build something for you just because they know that it will be used by the Los Angeles tech audience. And so exactly what you said, you had a website and that motivates us. It excites us because if you're just building something that's going in the ether, it's not. Totally. It's interesting. Having a project to learn a tool is probably the best way to learn a tool. And if you're trying to build your own website, 
Wix and Squarespace are so easy. I would recommend them to anybody. I built my own website. I've built websites in both platforms, but really they, I feel like those programs have embraced the idea of people who have no idea how to code need to still be able to access tools. And so they've made it so easy. It's literally like drag and drop on the screen and you can build yourself a website. It's so great. (laughs) All right. What book has inspired you? Like what's your favorite book, business or professional or both? I'm I'm going to plug a little bit here, but Fran Hauser's Myth of the Nice Girl, which is coming out soon, is incredible. It's all about how do you leverage nice to be really successful. And I think it's a really novel concept because a lot of times we see nice as weak or totally. pushover. And I think her idea of like niceness is a superpower. Being able to get people to like you and want to work with you and be loyal to you and respond to you in a way that really like makes teams move forward is a super powerful skill. And I think the way she breaks it down with like little um, fundamental like tidbits you can use like phrases and things, especially like if people say, oh, you're just too nice. Um, She has like phrases you can respond with. This is so cool. I need this really bad. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought it was a, a really interesting take on a subject about leadership, which I hadn't seen before. And um, it was a really novel concept. And I think there's a lot to be gained there. So that was the best book that I've read recently that uh, really helped me professionally. And you and everyone will include it in the show notes. At, say the title again. Uh, the Myth of the Nice Girl yeah. by Fran Hauser. And we'll include it in the show notes. Um, thank you, Carl, for putting in the show notes for us. Uh, how can people connect with you? Um, if you want to send me an email at amanda.c at parodypartners.com. I'm always in my inbox. I will respond to you. We'd love to have you involved with us in any way that seems appropriate. So yeah, definitely get in touch. Yay. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with the Women in Tech podcast. You're awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech all around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Womenintechvip.com. Say hello. If you want a Women in Tech sticker, I have to get you one too. At Women in Tech Show on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. UpGuard, one of my favorite companies in Mountain View, combines asset discovery, security ratings, and vendor questionnaires for the only complete cyber risk solution. Not only do they keep us safe online, they empower women in tech internally. They focus on hiring female engineers to make sure that we rise to the top. So I welcome you to take a look at their job opportunities from Mountain View to New York, New York to Sydney, Australia. They are a company worth exploring. Their mentorship culture is magnetic. Mention the Women in Tech podcast when you apply. Just as they celebrate women in tech, we want to celebrate you too. So make sure to let us know when you've reached out to UpGuard and we'll make sure to feature you on the Women in Tech social channels. We believe in you. UpGuard.com. Visit them for yourself. You'll see exactly what I mean. The Women in Tech podcast is an independent production funded by you, the community. To support Women in Tech, if you believe in the vision as much as we do, please consider going to womenintechpodcast.com. That's womenintechpodcast.com and just click on the contribution link to keep this podcast going. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.